Podcast episode three hundred and forty nine. Uh, back again with us is Mister Grow It. Thanks for joining us again this week. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. Three hundred forty nine. Wow, that's that's a huge accomplishment, man. Congrats. That's that's amazing. Yeah, it's uh almost as uh as crazy as yours. Uh, you're actually get approaching three hundred thousand subs. I think the last time uh you were on the show, you had just broken a hundred thousand. So congrats to you on that as well. Wow. Yeah. Thanks. I think it's like 285 on my main channel right now. So, you know, creeping there. Yeah, man. And between your two channels, you're, you're way past that. So that's true. Yeah. Man. It over there. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thanks again for coming on, man. Uh, it's always fun to have you on the show. There aren't too many people in the, in the scene that have over a hundred thousand subscribers and, uh, on YouTube. And, uh, certainly, um, it will be fun to have you on the show today and, and ask you all about the, the wonderful things you've been up to uh you've been doing all kinds of cool stuff lately um uh, do you want to maybe uh before we get into that uh, just give a quick intro for people that um aren't familiar with you and your content yeah absolutely uh so my name's chris most people know me as mr grow it it's kind of what i go by on the interwebs here uh, i started growing cannabis back in 2010 so uh, 14 years now, which is kind of hard to believe. It just goes by so quickly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when I first started, I was growing in soil, Fox Farm soil, Fox Farm nutrients, HPS lighting indoors. I did a, little, did a couple outdoor runs, but wasn't that successful. Um, but it's mostly just been sticking with indoor over the years. And then in 2013 or so, I found out about YouTube and how people were on here. And I was like, what? People are actually uploading their grows onto YouTube. Is this even legal? This is cool. You know, so I then got inspired to start uploading YouTube videos. And my first video came out in 2015. Uh, 2015 is I had a channel called Just Grow It. It was uh, me just kind of showing off my grow, you know, and getting feedback from the audience and, uh, you know, learning myself. You know, I think every day is still everybody's learning, you know, we're all going to be learning till we die. Um, but, uh, but yeah. 2017 they canceled that channel youtube shut it down didn't like it i'm pretty sure it's because i was promoting seeds at the time and they weren't really really clear that you can't do that so they can the channel start up a new one in 2017 and uh, that's actually my main channel today where i upload just videos in my garden and just show what i do um smaller home grower i grow six to 12 plants i have a 12 plant max in my state i live in nevada and uh, yeah, I wrote uh, two books. One came out in 2016, was in revised a couple times. Third revision on that book was in 2020. It's called Seven Steps to Grow Cannabis. It's a beginner grow book for growing indoors. And then I just launched a second book. It's called uh, Organic Cannabis Cultivation. And that is um, that was released January 1st, 2024. Uh, also have a couple podcasts. I have Garden Talk with Mr. Grow It and then also have... Uh, I'm also part of From the Stash with me, Rob from Kendrick's Lifestyle TV and Pigeons 420. So a little elevator pitch there. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so tell us about your, um, I actually didn't know that you had a previous book. Uh, I was all stoked to hear about your new one. But I guess before we get to that, uh, tell us a little bit about your first book. Yeah, sure. Um, so here it is. I got it right here. It's called Seven Steps to Real Cannabis. So it's a beginner book. Um, you know, like I said, I wrote it back in 2016 and then revised it a few times. The goal of this book is to get beginners, bare bone beginners through their first grow. Now, when I first started growing, I bought my first book I bought was Jorge Cervantes, Grower's Bible. Great, great book. I hated how it, there was just way more information than I needed to know as a beginner. I just wanted to get to harvest. So he was actually an inspiration for me to write something a little bit more simpler, <laughs> you know, something that somebody off the streets can pick up and be able to you know, walk them through from gathering seeds, equipment, all the different stages of growth, harvest, dry, and cure, right? Um, very basic, very beginner friendly, um, growing in either soil or cocoa using bottled nutrients. So it doesn't cover organic at all. Um, and people have loved it. You know, it's it's been one of those go-to guides for a lot of people just because it's simple. Like, you know, I try to explain it simply in simple terms as possible. Um, and then, yeah, my 
that's pretty much my first book. And then my second book is, is all about organics. Like I mentioned, that was just launched in uh, January 1st. So. Yeah. So what, what did you um, focus on, on this book as compared to your first book? Uh, what are some of the different methods and techniques that are kind of covered in this one compared to your previous one? So the previous one, again, is more elementary is what I like to say. It's uh, beginners, you know, the different stages of growth, flower, um, different training methods. Um, I got to look at it to kind of remind myself what all the different things in, in here, looking at the table of contents. It does have like the top 10 plant problems that you could come across, um, you know, sexing plants, uh, pH, PPM, watering, light cycle, you know, seeds, environment, all that stuff, you know, basic stuff that you need to know in order to get to the grow on this organic, uh, organic cannabis cultivation book, really focused on just organics, right? So it's focused on the soil. It's focused on the container size. It's focused on, um, you know, the base inputs that you can have. It has uh, 20 different uh, fertilizers amendments that you can add in. It talks about microbes, pest prevention, compost teas, cover crops, mulch layers, companion planting, earthworms, beneficial insects, composting. So it's like, it really has to do with all of organics, not all of it, right? So like I thought about having a book that was just everything you need to know about organics, but uh, to be frank, I don't think I'm really qualified for that. You know, I've only been growing for, like I said, for, for 14 years now. Uh, I'll leave that book up to the experts who have been growing 30 plus years, but uh, but this book is a beginner to intermediate guide. Thought about just doing beginners only, but I was like, it, it can be a little bit too simple. You know, I've already covered most of the elementary beginner stuff in my first book. I wanted to cover the uh, bare bones basic of, of beginners getting into it uh, on the organic side of things, but going to intermediate stuff, right? So you don't really need uh, compost teas. You don't really need cover crops. You don't really need mulch layers. Those are great things to add, right? That's more of like the intermediate levels, I would say, right? Is going to that route. Mix your own soils. You don't really like need to do that as a beginner, but that's something that would be nice to know as an intermediate. And once you're done with the beginner stuff, getting into some of those intermediate things. So this is really a beginner to intermediate guide on organics. And it's pretty brief. I kind of keep it at the same style as like a, a good overview, a good guide to get you going. Certainly there's more things that can be learned beyond this book, right? It's like, it's so hard. I think, I mean, you know, like it's so hard to cover every single detail there is to know about a, ter a certain topic without going into like 20 plus pages, you know? So yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a good guide to get people going in that right direction. Um, you know, be more eco-friendly with the growing organic inputs all naturally and stuff like that. And so far it's been going pretty good. You know, people seem to like it so far. So really happy. Awesome. What are some of the things that you learned uh, while writing this book? Is there anything that you researched and then really discovered a lot of new, you know, things about it or maybe something a little bit more in depth or uh, uh, some kind of other, um, you know, neat tips or, uh, tips or tricks about a certain type of uh, organic method that you, you learned while you were writing the book? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the researching process, you you certainly learn. I mean, every author who was doing it, they they learn things and cover things. Uh, for me, um, let's see, kind of looking through here, you know, the beneficial insects, companion planting, definitely learned some things there, composting, you know, the different methods of composting. Um, there's 20 different amendments that you can add in that I put in here and I haven't, you know, used them all, but I've certainly researched them all and learned and, and pick people's brains who have used them. And, and uh, so some of these things I'm going to be venturing onto myself as far as like the soil mixing and, and trying to balance the soil. Um, there's DIY fertilizers in here as well. So if somebody wants to create like the eggshells for calcium fertilizer, banana peels for a potassium fertilizer, very basic things that people can do in order to kind of get their feet wet in doing their own DIY type stuff, Versus, of course, going to the store and buying bottled nutrients, for example, or you're even buying like something or your organic input or an all natural input. Being able to do it yourself with stuff that you have around the house would be ideal, right? Composting, same exact thing, right? Get your table scraps and your uh, junk mail, put it into uh, put it into a bin and be able to compost it with whether ver vermicomposting or some of the other methods. Um, also goes over the fermented plant juice and fermented fruit juice, which is uh, an avenue that I need to really get into. I believe you have some experience in that as well. Oh yeah, we are yeah. huge, huge fans of uh, FPJs. Um, I'm working on uh, 
quite a few different uh, things in that space for both aquaponics and soil. So definitely a big fan of that. Um, we had a question from chat. Do you include anything about Chadam or Korean natural farming in your book? No, but just the fermented plant juice, fermented fruit juice. Um, yeah, I'm looking at your Jadam book right now, the organic farming one. And um, I thought about doing a lot more natural farming techniques in here, but kind of decided against it just because I didn't want the book to be a 500-page book. You know, it's 185 pages, so it's already pretty long. Um, I know that absolutely natural farming is certainly a great way to go about it. Um kind of have people dip their toes in it a little bit, having the fermented plant juice, fermented fruit juice in there. Uh, it does specify there's a lot more that can be learned in regards to natural farming, but natural farming, I think is a book in itself. You know, I think people, there's quite a few people that wrote, wrote books about just natural farming, the natural way to go about it. A lot of respect to, to that method. And um, I mean, geez, who knows if I'll, if I'll go that way, might go that way in the future. Maybe, five plus years from now, maybe I'll write a book on natural farming. I don't know, but, uh, but yeah, I decided not to really go that deep into things, you know, I try to keep it more beginner to intermediate. Now I know some people might say, well, you can certainly ha have this as a beginner method, right? Natural farming beginners can totally get into it. And I, I agree with that, but, uh, yeah, I kept it out of this, this book. What, um, what was kind of the differences between what you set out to cover in your book versus what you ended up covering? Like you talked about uh, trying to kind of prevent what I like to call like feature creep from, from uh, video game development. But uh, like, like you were saying, you can kind of get down rabbit holes, but like, man, it'd be so cool to include that, but you kind of have to like draw the line somewhere so that you actually get the book finished. I know it's a problem. I'm desperately having a problem with, with my alcoholic cannabis book is I keep writing more and more on too many different things at this point, but um, what are some of the kind of differences between what you set out to do versus what you ended up actually with the the final book? Well, I mean, I think I, one of the things I just mentioned was with the natural farming, right? I really did consider going into that route, but to be honest, I don't really have that much experience in it. So me, you know, researching and writing about it, okay, but I would really want to have that hands-on experience and have years experience in doing it. Uh, that way I would be able to speak from experience and not just so much what I've read about. Um, so I decided not to include that. I wanted to get a little bit more into deeper into soil mixing. And I, I was so drawn, so I don't torn, torn to whether or not I should really get deeper into soil mixing, like step by step, how to mix soil. It's very brief. There are a couple soil recipes in there. There's the um, you know, I had to throw in the subcool super soil in there, I had to throw in the clackamas coot recipe in there. Uh, you know, credit goes to them, of course. Uh, but kind of getting deeper into the whole soil recipes, mixing your own soil. Um, that was one area that I left out. I decided to leave it out th this time around. Um, but yeah, it certainly is kind of more of an intermediate thing there. Some may say it's more of an advanced because if you're mixing soil and you have an imbalance of nutrients, I mean, you know, you could have some nutrients lock out the other, inhibit uptake, come across deficiencies, and so on and so forth. So I personally... Personally, wouldn't tell, wouldn't really recommend beginners to go mix their own soil right off the bat. You know, that's just my personal. I know other people probably would, but, uh, but yeah, that's one thing that I kind of left out of the book. Um, everything else, I kind of feel like I, I got in there that I wanted to get in there, you know, going from the beginners to just getting started into the intermediate side of things to where they can grasp in from, um, you know, microbes, inputs, the, um, uh, cover crops, mulch layers, companion planting. Um, so, yeah, I was able to cover all that stuff. What was like your your biggest challenge uh, writing the book or some of the biggest issues that you ran into or, or things that you kind of had to figure out a, a solution for? I know one of the cool things I thought about that, that you did with your book was include um, community, community participation for the photos and stuff like that. I thought that was a really cool way to kind of involve the community and in your writing um uh, what are some of the other cool or, or, or interesting things and challenges that you uh, came across while writing well one of the biggest challenges really is just having the time for it so uh, i now have a daughter three months old um i was finishing writing when she was born but when my fiance was pregnant you know, a lot of times dedicated just caring for her, especially as she gets closer and closer to to the birth. So being able to balance the writing with uh, 
with the actual family time and stuff. That's a challenge. That's worth noting, right? Um, I had some family health issues too. My father passed away last January and he actually, the year and a half before that, he was, he was diagnosed with cancer. So it was a year and a half battle for me going home. I was flying home almost every month to see him and spend time with him. So that was a barrier. I had to stop writing uh, due to that. Um, but yeah, I did have uh, I did have quite a few people submit in photography. That's one thing I did with my first book and wanted to do with my second book as well. So there's a handful of, of people in there that have uh, submitted in photography, some folks that you know very well. I don't know. Uh, we name off some names here. We got uh, Tad Hussey, Kiss Organics, submitted in some photos. Matt Powers, shout out to him. Uh, Homegrow TV, so Dakota, Mr. Q, uh, Matthew Gates, and then uh, there's a handful of other people which uh, you they're not really known. Um, they don't really, you know, they got like social media pages and stuff like that, but they're not like big influencers or anything like that. Uh, they just had great photography and I thought they should get the exposure. So um, I, you know, allowed them to submit that in, but lots and lots of challenges just from writing the book to collecting the photography. I mean, I, I did a post on that. I'm not sure if you saw that or not, but list off some things that I needed for photography. And all I got back was flower pictures. <laughs> and I specifically said, I don't need any flower pictures. <laughs> and uh, so that was a challenge. Um, and then, uh, one of the challenges is self-publishing. So I publish it by myself. So everything is on me from the book design, uh, which I outsourced. Uh, I have a great, great book designer. Um, also editing. So I have uh, somebody who does an editor. She has uh, two master's degrees in, in like education or whatever. So she's like really, really good at writing. So she helped me out a lot there when it comes to uh, writing. Um and then, yeah, just being able to get it listed up on Amazon, get the the cover made. That was outsourced as well. Same person who did the first cover, did the second cover. Um, it's just a long process. And it, it, takes, it takes a lot of patience, for sure. Awesome. Yeah, no, it's definitely a lot of work. And uh, there's a lot that goes into to putting a book out. Uh, uh, I, I certainly know that myself, working on one uh, that I've been struggling with for about a couple of years so i definitely feel you on on how hard that can be for sure and have a lot of sympathy for the 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 slog that it can be to to get all together and uh, do all the different things that have to happen to actually get the thing off the ground for sure i can't wait for your book man i i would 1000 percent be buying it so and if you need any help on any of the behind the scenes stuff man just let me know we'll have a conversation that'd be great man um what about uh are you working on any other new books or are you taking a break for a bit you're working on some upgraded editions of your uh, your book so what's the the ne next uh writing project for mr Grot? well i'll take a break really i don't want to write any new books just yet um i definitely like to have a little little break between them probably i'll probably revise the seven steps to grow cannabis on the fourth revision there's definitely some things that we've learned since that revision was out and, and I put, it was beginning of 2020 really is when i finished writing it and uh, so that still talks about like flushing before the end of harvest. And um, I just want to reword things because, um, you know, back then it was more like this is something you need is good for taste and smell, right? Come to find out that, it, you know, it really doesn't make a whole lot of difference, at least according to the study. So I want to clarify that. Um, so there probably will be a revision on that one. Probably not this year, maybe next year. And then uh, potentially, uh, uh, yeah, I got to figure out what the next book will be after this. I was thinking about doing maybe like a coffee, um, coffee tables style book with imagery and stuff like that. But it's going to be really hard to top that higher book by Eric Nugshots and uh, Dan Green. Is that his name? I don't know if you've seen that one. That beautiful, beautiful book. Awesome. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Um what uh what's the uh, latest with your youtube channel uh, like i was saying before you're one of the only uh, social media figures that's kind of broken the 100k mark um you seem to do uh the best job of dodging the uh, youtube sensor bots among other things uh, um over the years uh, i know i've certainly been uh been amazed at how quickly your your channel grew uh, i know you definitely sh i just looked up it's been you got about 150,000 users in the last year from when you posted uh, about a year ago when you hit 100k which is is really awesome and uh, i just kind of thought maybe you could tell everybody maybe a little bit about um uh, your social media journey and then uh and how you somehow managed to dodge all the sensor bots 
Well, that channel you're, you got pulled up right here, that's my main YouTube channel where I'm showing plants. And unfortunately, that's not really dodging the sensor. All those get age-restricted. They get picked up right away. It's not monetized at all. So I don't get paid any money for any. There's no ad. shouldn't be any ads shown on any of there. Um, I just do it really at this point for the love of creating videos on plants, you know, creating videos on cannabis. And I'm just kind of showing my grows. And, you know, I look back at some of my videos and I cringe, but <laughs> I've come a long way. And last year in particular, I only uploaded, I think, three or four videos to that channel because I was working on my book. This year, I'm back at it. So thankfully, I'm, and that's another reason why I want to take a, a break from writing is so I can go back to video production. So I have a lot planned for that channel in particular for this year, 2024, and um, changing things up a little bit as far as the style. And um, you'll see kind of my style change throughout the year a little bit here, uh, at least the beginning part of the year. Um, got some really good videos planned. Got like four videos in the works already, like in just different different stages. Um I'm really excited to kind of get that channel back and going. My other channel, kind of what is probably what you're more talking about, the Garden Talk with Mr. Grow at that one, kind of dodging the uh, the whole YouTube police out there. Uh, this one is what I call my clean channel, right? So we try to follow the YouTube guidelines in order to reach a larger audience. And it works. It works. If we somewhat, uh, you know, kind of avoid, I, I don't show the plants. I just talk about the plants, right? And kind of avoid specifying that it's like cannabis or a weed or marijuana, um, they'll actually pass it, you know? And a lot of the things that we do when we're growing cannabis anyways, relates to other plants. So I have so many people that have actually, that grow vegetables and they tune into that channel and they're like, I'm, I get helpful information from it, even though it has to do with cannabis. So the goal of that channel was really to reach a larger audience. So we're able to tap into some of the markets, uh, some of the um, vegetable side of things, house plants, all that stuff and uh, show them a little bit about the cannabis world. You know, I think there's a lot of people who, at least I've seen the comment sections of those videos of, of growing vegetables. They hate on the cannabis community. It sucks. It's really bad because we're such good people. Like we just, we just love the plants as much as they love their plants. So trying to merge these two uh, communities, I think is, is one of the ways that I was able to do it with this garden talk. And uh, you know, again, I feel like, Another reason to keep it clean is obviously to earn earn compensation, right? Just be straightforward with it is this is you, you make a living off of this stuff, right? So like ad revenue definitely helps put food on the table. Nobody likes to work for free, right? Filming and editing is certainly a job. Um, so I know there's some people out there like, oh, you're just making YouTube videos. You shouldn't get paid for that. Why are there ads on here and blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude. What do you do? You not want to get paid for your job? Like, what if somebody complains about you, your job working, and saying why should you get paid for what you're doing? Like, it's that's dumb. Um, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, it's like thankfully I do have sponsors. Right, shout out to AC Infinity, huge, huge supporter of not only me but there's many content creators that they support because they want to get the information out there. YouTube suppresses us, right? So like, we're limited to the amount of time we can actually spend on making content because we're not getting paid for our work. Luckily, there are sponsors, and it's not just AC Infinity. There are a lot of companies out there that sponsor content and allow content creators to put hours into creating content. And that helps in the, in the grand scheme of things, right? We all want this movement to go towards legalization and having more content on the internet, normalizing it more is certainly got to help with with legalization, more people kind of getting on board, being aware of it, the education that's within these videos of reaching more people. And um, yeah, it's just the normalizing part of it. So I definitely think there is a, a, a piece of what we do as far as content creators uh, that helps with, with the legal aspect of it. Have you ever thought about um, using any of the other platforms like Rumble or anything like that? Uh, if anyone isn't aware, you can actually set up Rumble to automatically copy and back up all of your YouTube channel as you upload it. It'll automatically copy the videos the text, the description, the whole nine, so that it's basically you upload it to two places uh, when you upload to YouTube. Uh, it definitely seems to be kind of a, a bit of a haven for cannabis content as uh, the sensor bots over there are nowhere near as brutal as they are here on YouTube. Uh, have you looked at other platforms or uh, just mainly stuck to YouTube? No, Rumble I haven't really looked deep into. Uh, I didn't know there was that much of an audience over there. Um, you know, just trying to weigh the amount of, effort with the time spent, you know, the time spent with what the outcome is, I should say return on investment type thing. So like if there is an audience on, on rumble, 
yeah, I'll definitely consider going, uh, you know, uploading my content there, having it copied over. Uh, I didn't know that was a thing, so I can definitely look into that. If it's that easy, I mean, why not do it? Even if there's 10 people over there, you know? Um, oh, yeah. I've also been, you know, Facebook, I've got Instagram. Uh, man, I hate Instagram, to be honest with you. There's too many scammers on there, impersonator scammers. I've got like 10 accounts that are just using my logo and trying to scam people for seeds and stuff. And the, the growth is very, very slow. So I was posting every day for a while. I was posting every other day for a while. And then like, there's like, you know, a couple hundred people that might follow you, you know, for the, for the whole month. And, you know, to some people that that's a lot, but uh, again, kind of weighing the amount of time I'm investing in something versus what I'm kind of receiving. YouTube has, has been kind of more of a better return on investment. I've just reached a lot more audience, you know, the videos get thousands of views versus uh, Instagram posts might get a hundred or so, you know? Um, so, uh, and then it's Facebook the is toxic. Reddit is toxic to be honest. <laughs> have not had good luck with those platforms. Um, X I'm on there. Uh, people are saying that's starting to warm up to the cannabis industry, but apparently for monetization, I was looking into this the other day, actually, you need to have a Stripe account and Stripe is like a payment processor and then notorious to hate cannabis industry. If you have anything that's cannabis related on your web page, for example, they'll like cancel your account and you can't accept any more payments and stuff. So like I have my doubts that just because of that, I have my doubts that the cannabis industry will thrive on that platform. Um, but we'll see. Maybe I'm just ignorant to the fact. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm not looking at it correctly and maybe you don't actually need a Stripe account or something like that, but we'll see. It seems to be getting more popular X. So, sorry about that. My uh, dog medication the timer went off. I didn't mean for that to go off in the background if it made it through on the mic. Um, uh, yeah, Instagram definitely can be frustrating. I know I posted a meme the other day and it got like a thousand likes, and then I posted like a, a grow AI thing that I've been working on for with a whole bunch, a whole team of people, and it got like buried by the the content uh, sensor bots and stuff like that. It's so frustrating yeah. where you can do a long educational post and it'll just get buried and then you make some smart ass meme posts and it's like 2000 fucking likes in five minutes. Like it's just so frustrating Ugh, as it is. But, um, and what you were also saying too, on uh, bridging uh, the gap between the uh, organic communities of cannabis and other things. Um, I know it's definitely fun to kind of see the adoption of, of natural farming, especially and uh, and soil microbiology uh, understanding. I guess in general has really kind of accelerated in the uh, you know the vegetable side because of the cannabis having you know all the money for R and D. I know it certainly radically changed the aquaponics scene because the cannabis guys have money to research stuff like they have an extra grow bed to do the side-by-sides and things like that. Whereas the lettuce guys are just trying to like keep the roof over their head. Right. So um, the injection of cash really, uh, you know, in the, from the cannabis has really helped research across the board. And, uh, you know, I know one of my favorite groups to check out on Facebook is a pepper growing group. Some of these guys have better grow tents and grow rooms than like half the cannabis people I know. Like they just are out of control with, with some of the level of climate control that they do for some of these pepper types. So, it's really kind of funny to see the overlap in those communities for sure. It's inspiring. I mean, I follow a couple guys that uh, grow peppers on Instagram and just seeing just the beautiful peppers that they grow and they do the training, you know what I mean? They do the training to try to maximize yield and they've got all these different varieties. And like, I, there's this one guy, I, don't, I forget his name, but he was like in a, a soda can. It was just growing in soda cans. And, uh, I think he had the roots coming down into like DWC or something like that, but it was just, it was so cool to see like some of the same methods used for uh, growing peppers that they do with cannabis with the training and stuff like that. Cause there are certain ways you can manipulate the plant in order to try to get more peppers to, to bud there. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and peppers are a great starter plan if you're wanting to practice before cannabis or just kind of practice because your plant count is uh, highly limited by your legal restrictions. Um, peppers really are one of the best allegories for for learning that they, they train the same you can learn how to clone the same like many of the different methods that you're going to learn for cannabis work extremely well for peppers and you know some of those rare peppers you can sell the seeds for a pretty good price you can sell the clones for a pretty good price so like you know there there's a, a lot of overlap there same, that's same, cool the penthes are another one that you can really uh crush it with uh in a grow tent so that's awesome 
Um, what, uh, uh, so tell us a little bit more about, uh, your podcast, uh, grow talk. Um, do you have any, uh, cool episodes coming up, uh, here in the near future that you're excited about? And, uh, and what are some of the great episodes that you've had lately? I know you had Luna on, which was a great episode, uh, recently, uh, We've also had her on the show not too long ago. Um, what are some of the, the great uh, guests that you've had on recently? Uh, well, I actually, I stopped doing the podcast. I don't think I mentioned this uh, last year. And then I just started back up this year. So um, April 1st of last year, I stopped and went to focus on my book. Um, just uh, this podcast does take up a lot of time, believe it or not. Um, started back up, had Luna on there. Uh, I have just to mentioned this before I continue on. If you have a variety of growers, right? Anybody from bare bones beginner all the way to experts. Um, and I like to have a variety because I feel like you can still learn some from new folks uh, or at least refreshers, you know, fresh set of eyes, I think can be valuable for sure. So I had untrained astronaut. He's like a two-year grower um, that came out a couple weeks ago, Nick Nikolaev. So uh, I know you know who he is, right? He's uh He's got the carbon-based noodle uh, fertilizer, rooted leaf agritech. We did a uh, kind of like a myth-busting, a bro science episode, and we it was an hour, almost an hour and a half long. And he's real. He know has a lot of biochemistry knowledge, and uh, really just a ton of knowledge about the plant in general. And so we went through all the different things, a bunch of different things in regards to like that were potentially deemed as bro science, right? Like flushing before harvest darkness before harvest um the 24-hour light cycle just we go through a ton of different things birds chirping uh playing music for plants electroculture so we get into a ton of fun topics and he just breaks down uh, his opinion and, and some science behind those tasks so i really like that episode a lot of people really like that one as well um i've had some really i, know, I call legends on the podcast man. i had dr bruce bugby on the podcast a couple of years back I had Jeff Lowenfels on the podcast. Those are some big names that I, I really am proud of. I'm trying to get Jorge Cervantes on there. I think he might be uh, scheduling something with him. I've got uh, Jordan River coming up in a few weeks. He's from Grow, Growcast. Got Dr. Allison Justice coming up uh, in February. I'd like to get you back on the podcast if you're willing to come back on for part two. Uh, for those that don't know, me and Pomponics, we did one on uh aquaponics so that was a really really good episode and uh and we'll we'll get you back on here soon for sure maybe we can talk like organics or something like that because i know you're not just uh i think when i first got you on there you were like oh let's talk about something beyond aqua it seemed like you do want to talk about something beyond aquaponics but uh but i thought it was i thought it was a great topic and i'm glad you agreed to do it because there was a lot of value in that episode especially when you were talking about like ph and stuff that was a uh I learned a lot from that that part of the conversation. I'm really glad you explained that one. Uh, but let's get you back on if we can. Oh, yeah. I'd love to come on talk about green natural farming, uh, working overseas in, uh, in kind of crazier environments. And uh, also talk about, too, the copy of that cultivars um, uh, grow AI that we've been working on really hard uh, that we're going to be launching here in the next month or two. Uh, uh, more publicly, but we have early access to uh, at the moment. Uh, everyone can check out Copy of the Cultivars on, on Patreon if you want early access. But um, uh, yeah, we've got all kinds of cool stuff we've been working on uh, on the science side. Um, awesome. Uh, any uh, any other guests that you have uh, in the near future that uh, fans of your show can look forward to? Uh, I hate kind of saying guests ahead of time when I haven't nailed them down, but I'll say it, whatever. <laughs> if they don't show up, then they ghosted. Kyle Cushman, trying to get him on. That'd be pretty cool. I haven't had him on yet. Uh, Bryant Mason, want to have him back on for a second time around. He's a wealth of knowledge. Um, I mean, I'd lie, my wish list is to get Eddie Rosenthal on there. I don't know if I can pin him down. That would be great. Matthew Gates, I want to get him on for a second time. So, so good. Um, those are kind of the main ones. Awesome. Uh, one of your more popular content that you do regularly is your question and answer series. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Maybe some of the most common questions that you get on a regular basis. Uh, uh, and, you know, it's definitely one of the more popular series on your channel. Oh, I've grown to hate that series, to be honest with you. It's, uh, you know, people like it, you know, they, they submit in questions and I answer them. And I maybe it's just I was doing them so frequently last year that I kind of got sick of it. Um, but you know, it's, it's fun once in a while I'll go on to Twitch, I'll live stream it. So I'll invite people to come on Twitch as I'm streaming, they'll fire off questions in the chat. 
I'll answer the questions and then I'll take that video and edit it down for YouTube, cherry pick like the best questions, things I think are going to be valuable. And then it goes into a YouTube video. And yeah, that has been another popular series. You know, people like to hear kind of my thoughts and opinions on things being a small home grower. You know, I think that's one thing that, uh, you know, a lot of people can relate to. I think a majority of the people that are tuned into this content are small home growers themselves. You know, we don't have, there's just a fraction of people that work in commercial facilities. So I think that's one reason why people kind of follow me is just because I'm so much like them in that avenue to where I'm only growing six to 12 plants. So giving my opinion on small scale cultivation, home growing indoors. Um, yeah, that's, you know, the, the Q and a series is something that has been pretty popular, but to be honest, I kind of got sick of it. <laughs> I know we got some pretty whack ass questions when we did that for a while on the show. We used to have like a panel series. A lot of the same questions too. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it, it became have... so repetitive and I was like, oh man, I got to answer the same question. What do you use for organic amendments? It's like every other video I'm talking about organic amendments, like what I'm using and stuff, you know, it's like, ah, just watch my other Q and A's. I already covered it. How do you treat spider mites? How do you treat powdery mildew? Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it gets pretty um, repetitive. You touched on something big that's really kind of a, a big battle right now in a large part of the U.S., but do you want to talk on the importance of home grow? And why it's important um, to for us to maintain that, you know, compared to just allowing the corporate pros to, to take over. Uh, geez, well, I mean, obviously it's all opinion based here, but uh, I think it's extremely valuable for people to grow their own. Um, if it was outlawed, that would be a catastrophe, right? Well, first off, for the medical side of things, right? So I'm a medical patient in my state, and uh, one of the ways you can grow. So let me back up. So in Nevada, in this state. It is rec. It's also medical. Uh, you, In order for you to be able to grow recreationally, you have to be over 25 miles away from a dispensary. And you can only grow six plants. But way around that is obviously get to the medical program, right? So I have uh, a condition that's approved. So I am able to get a medical card and I can grow since I actually had my medical card before dispensaries were opened. It's one thing just with the state. I know every state's different. So in Nevada, you are allowed to grow if you're a medical patient and there was no dispensaries around when you became a medical patient to begin. And then also uh, if the strain that you're growing isn't available in the dispensary. So like the strain that you need for your medical condition isn't available in the dispensary, well, then you can grow it. Um, so yeah, I'm able to grow it locally here. It sucks that other people aren't, you know, See, people still do, right? But uh, I really would like to see the laws change to where anybody would be able to grow 21 plus. Sure. I'll, I'll take that. But uh, anybody 21 plus should be able to grow no matter how close you are to dispensary. I think that's stupid. Um, now, a lot of people think that the federal government, you know, if they do knock it down to schedule three, well, maybe things will be more relaxed. Maybe the more home grow, home grow laws will get passed on the other side of things. People think it's going to be worse if it goes to schedule three, because it's more controlled apparently. And, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know too deep into the politics side of things, the law laws in regards to it. But uh, some people think there's going to be a collapse if it goes down to schedule three. It needs to be unscheduled, really, is what a lot of people are saying, which I am for, is for it to be unscheduled. Everybody be able to grow throughout the U.S., just be a 21 plus. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe there should be a plant limit, you know. Uh, but uh, but people can brew their own beer, you know. Why can't they grow their own weed? So. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's definitely a scary time for the market. Uh, it's a lot of new markets coming online this year too. So it's, it's really a, a wacky ride. And uh, yeah, I mean, if they, the best gift that the feds could give the black market would be to basically roll it back to pharma companies only and get rid of the existing white market. If they do that, mm -hmm. there's going to be a resurgence in the black market. That they haven't seen since the 1920s. Like that is going to be an absolute boom for the black market if they pull that shit and you could see them doing that where the, the police they're allowed to fucking do their crazy shit again you know and and basically like they're they're double dipping from both sides and it's definitely you know you know a scenario that could happen there also could be some quasi weird middle ground where like you know states that haven't already legalized are now in that kind of weird pharma mode whereas the established states are allowed to continue operating Nobody knows what's going to happen. Uh, one thing I think they're definitely going to do is, is kind of require ISO certification for manufacturing and stuff like that, which is 
not a big deal if you've worked in a lab like that before, but if you haven't, that's going to be a huge uh, learning curve for a lot of people. And, you know, who knows if they're going to push out the cultivation, you know, they can force everything to be like EU GMP, in which case, like, forget half the stuff that people are doing now for cultivation. Like, who knows what's going to happen, you know? So it's, it's a pretty wild time right now for the market in general. And there's a, a lot of scared people. Um, there was a funny article this week about how MedMen's stock is worth $0 in the TSX up in Canada now. They were the very first unicorn cannabis company worth $1.6 at one point. And uh, their stock is worth absolutely $0 per stock now, uh, not even a cent. So, you know, it's it's wild how uh, what's what's popular one day is uh, is no longer existent, you know, just a few years later. Yeah, I saw your post on that. And from what I've heard about MedMen, those guys were dirtbags anyways. So it couldn't have happened oh, to better yeah, people, they were, right? They were not doing honest business. And when uh, they tried to pull all kinds of tricks to, uh, to do it. In fact, they were one of the biggest people lobbying against home growth. So it's nice to see the, the karma of the plant come back to bite them in the butt. That's for sure. Um, speaking of oddball plants, uh, uh, you actually uh, grew a freak show not too long ago. I saw you post on your Instagram. You want to talk a little bit about that? It's something that a lot of people kind of wonder about but maybe haven't got their hands to uh to actually grow i've grown a bunch of it um it's actually one of the things i like about it is that it's heat tolerant you can put that thing in full sun and like 110 degree heat and that lack of leaf um, surface actually makes them grow really quickly and really well in that full-blown you know you know just basically outdoor oven kind of environment um i know a lot of people don't really grow them in that kind of environment but it, to me uh, it seemed to be an advantage to it uh how did yours turn out? Uh, you had posted some pretty cool pictures. Yeah, I did a video on it as well. So I ended up getting cuts directly from Humboldt. So back in uh, MJ BizCon, they had uh, two huge plants just growing. And uh, they were on the veg stage, right? So it's like they're allowed to have those plants at the expo. And they're sitting there cutting clones off and everything. And I was like pumped. I was like, I'm getting a clone of Freak Show directly from Humboldt. You know, so that was just a really, really cool experience to begin and got a couple cuts. He put it in my water bottle. Right. And as I was like walking around the expo with this cut in the water bottle and uh, I had a good, got a couple cuts from them, actually. And they both survived, uh, grew them out, gifted cuts to people locally here, which was really cool. Uh, so I have a handful of friends here growing them out and uh, I got some pretty decent results on it. So you mentioned there was like heat tolerance, stuff like that. For me, the pheno that I had, it was like it didn't really dense up as well as I typically like to see it dense. I know a lot of it has to do with genetics, but I was running a little bit higher of temps. I think it was like 82 degrees Fahrenheit, and it just didn't like it indoors. And maybe my VPD might have been off a little bit, you know what I mean? There's so many variables, right? So it could have been anything. But my hunch was the higher heat, a um, little bit airier of a structure. But the flavor was incredible. I really, really liked the flavor. Um, real like uh, real like lime flavor, I guess. Uh, lemony lime, um, skunky, and uh, fuely on the back end is kind of the best way I could explain it. And uh, it was really, really good high and stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah, it's a unique plant to grow. I mean, it was really weird to just see the leaf structure and stuff and how it buds out and everything. Um, probably wouldn't grow it again. Uh, I know a lot of people are breeding with it. They're trying to get something, something good out of that, which is, is pretty cool. But, um, for me, it wasn't really, you know, a keeper for me. Uh, I respect it. I think it's, it's really cool. What's what's going on there. And I do like the, 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 uh, chemotype, the profile that came out, terpene profile and stuff. But, um, I don't think it's something I'm going to keep around in my garden just because in my environment, it just didn't grow as well as some of the other cultivars I've grown in, uh, the environment. I live in the desert, you know, so it's like, it's so different. It's very, very dry. I struggle having pump humidity in there. Um, so it's dry, hot. And so, um, it should, that particular cut just didn't really work as well as I would have liked it to work. So, but no, it was pretty cool to grow. It was fun. It's definitely a really wonderful floral, uh, terpene profile on that. Uh, all the ones I've grown at a really nice, nice, uh, nice taste to them. Um, one of the other weird traits to it that I've only seen people report in Thailand, but when I was over there, um, two different growers told me that uh, you could actually run it kind of like the um, uh, Reunion Island, where if you keep it at like a 12-12, it'll re-veg back to a veg state and then go to flower, veg, and flower, uh, hmm. like the Reunion Island plants, the Zamal. Zamal will do that as well. 
Um, but you can kind of keep them growing for multiple seasons uh, without having to tear up the rootstock, which I thought was an interesting trait that I had never heard of at all before. Same. Um, uh, this, um, I, but I know multiple people that have actually done that with that particular cultivar. So um, definitely something else that, uh, you know, hey, if you mine enough of them, uh, you might find a cool one that, that has that trait. So That's incredible. Yeah. That's yeah, really definitely cool. Definitely a, a cool strain. Um, what are some of the uh, uh, other shows that you're on? Uh, I know you have a great show called uh, From the Stash. If you want to talk about that for a minute uh, with some other cool content creators. We've had uh, Pigeon 420 on about, I want to say, four or six months ago. Um, uh, it might have been a little bit longer than that. Uh, these episodes kind of all start to blur together when you do these all the time. So, uh, as you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pigeons is a character. He's, oh man, he's so funny sometimes, man. Uh, yeah, Pigeons 420. Uh, we've got Rob from Pedro's Lifestyle TV and myself. So it's the three of us mostly talking about growing, but it was really all things cannabis related. So it's not just gardening is what we're talking about. So you can see on the screen now, we got one about grow lights. Um, there's one in there where we're talking about kind of, you know, what city has the best bud. Uh, we talk about Canada versus the USA. Uh, that was a good, uh, actually, two people from Canada, two fruit from the USA talking about the different industries and stuff. So anything cannabis related, we talked about like uh, prohibition stories from back in the day when things were like just fully illegal for all of us and like things that we would be, we would do or come across. And it's just, it's a real fun chat just talking about, um, you know, all things cannabis related. And uh, we've been going strong on that for over three years now. We started uh, November 1st, 2020 was when the first episode came out. And I've been pretty consistent, one episode every single week since then. And uh, it's a lot of fun, a lot of fun to get with those guys and just talk shop. Awesome. And so that gets, yeah. that gets posted every Sunday, every Sunday at uh, 10 a.m. Pacific time. That gets posted on YouTube and then all podcast platforms, I think, at 2 p.m. Uh, Pacific time on Sundays. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one that I like try to listen to once in a while. Uh, I don't want really to always have time to listen to, uh, to stuff in the lab, but uh, definitely one that I, I've enjoyed in the past uh, for sure. Maybe uh, we can get you on uh, there too. Talk about aquaponics oh, yeah. since you love that. Love talking about that so much. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or edibles manufacturing or KNF or whatever. Yeah. You Dude, I'm down. Um, I'm, that would be, that'd be awesome. That'd be really cool to get you on there if you want. If you want. Uh, one of the other uh, things that you really, really uh, uh, have a lot of, uh, of uh, I guess, are well known for is your guides and tutorials. In fact, uh, your your number one video is just how to set up a grow tent, which is, uh, uh, I find, a, a really awesome. I know my for number one is how to top your plant. Like, it's really funny how how well some of the most basic content you, you, know, you make it, and you're like, this is going to be helpful, but I don't think this is going to be anywhere near my top 10 and ends up being you know, your number one or your top five video. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about some of the cool guides that you have uh, that help people? Yeah. Yeah. So like the how-to videos do really well. Um, I don't do them as much anymore. Like that, that video that you, you mentioned, it's pretty old, about three years old. Um, but the how-to videos do really, really well. I had on a different channel, how to germinate seeds with the Pivotal method. And that reached over a million views. And then, like I mentioned before, that channel got canned. <laughs> but everybody wants to know how to. There's so many beginners coming onto the market, right? The first thing you want to do is search YouTube, how to. They want videos. They want tutorial videos on how to do it. And um, there's it's kind of flooded right now with the amount of how-to videos yeah, for growing cannabis. But uh, new information comes out, you know, so people still make them. And... Um, yeah, I mean, as you're as a new grower, you you want to know how to how to do things, and you're searching on YouTube. So, it's kind of no surprise that uh, that these how-to videos do are real popular. And with the new markets coming on at all times, you know, I mean, geez, how many states did we legalize in 2023? You know, medical and rec. How many did we do in 2022? Like every year, there's more and more states coming on board. More and more home growers are more and more people allowed to do home growing. You know, some big markets too. I mean, New York, for example, massive market. And so I hear a lot of people from New York, New York coming on and finding out how to do it on YouTube is just another way to grow, right? There's obviously you can learn through books, you can learn through websites. YouTube is the largest video search engine in the world. So yeah, those are, are very, very popular. 
Um, any advice uh, you have for new content creators? Uh, you mentioned there's, you know, the market's kind of flooded on that, um, on the the how tos. But uh, what advice do you have for for people that are trying to get into the cannabis content scene? Maybe they are experienced and want to try to share their knowledge, or maybe they're really motivated after uh, listening to your show. Uh, what uh, what advice do you have for people that are kind of trying to navigate the 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 creator? Uh, waters be it both uh, from the content creation and then also uh on the social media side uh, you seem to have figured out both so i figured it'd be a good question to, to close on no well it's always a battle trying to determine what's gonna you know i don't have all the answers for sure but for some new growers coming on board some advice i would have is just be you be yourself don't try to copy anybody else um you know i've had quite a few people that were let's say inspired by my guard talk podcast and they launched their own podcasts and did it very similar to me, extremely similar to, to how I do it because they wanted to kind of try to replicate the success. But, um, you know, I know a handful of those guys stopped doing it because it just wasn't them, you know, that do create content that you want to create. And there's so many different ways to go about it. You can create how to content, right? How to do different things throughout the grow. You could do documentary style where you're just showing, what you're doing and you're not really trying to teach people. You're just showing what's in your garden. You could do lifestyle stuff where you're making yourself a coffee and then sitting down and answering some questions and maybe going, there's so many different things that you can do to create videos, like so many different styles of videos, just figure out what you like to watch and maybe what you want to create. You know, don't try to fully copy what other people are doing because in the grand scheme of things, if you're not liking that, creating that, well then, you're not going to be doing it for that long. And you're probably not going to be successful doing it because people are going to understand, going to catch you and in sense that you don't really like what you're doing. Um, but it's kind of the the main thing I'd say. You don't need any fancy equipment. You can use your phone these days. You can use your iPhone. Audio is just as important as video. I think that's one thing, the one mistake that uh, a lot of people make is that they, they got good video, but the audio is just hot trash. And so like, People don't continue to watch videos if the audio is really bad. At least um, I don't. <laughs> it's it's really tough to to stay engaged when there's bad audio. Um, so investing in a, a good microphone is is one of the most important pieces, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, just don't look at the numbers too much. I mean, you're not going to make any money. You know, some people go in there with the attention that they're going to make money uh, right off the bat. Uh, when I first started uploading videos to YouTube, it was in a different niche. I was in the um, comedy niche. I was filming prank videos on the Las Vegas Strip. I was the, the filmer mostly, and I had a couple guys in front of the camera. We didn't make any money for the first, I think, seven months, and then we were, the channel was able to be monetized, and we had a little bit of money coming in. But uh, we were doing it for free the entire time, and we loved it. We didn't care. We, we just had the passion for it. So I wouldn't get into it unless you are uh, you have the passion for it and you and you want to do it, um, and that you want to do it for free, really. Uh -huh. And then any sort of monetary value will come after the fact naturally. You know, companies will reach out to you, and they'll say, "Hey, we like your content. We want to sponsor it." And if it only take good sponsorships that you feel are a good fit. You know, I turned down so many freaking sponsorships because there's so many junk companies out there these days and uh, they reach out to me and I'm just like, not a good fit. It's, I don't want to promote that. So I'm mostly just with AC Infinity now. I really, I'm almost my whole garden is AC Infinity. That's really the only sponsor I take on. I've got a couple of sponsors, other sponsors here and there, but certainly don't be afraid to turn down sponsorships if you ever come across it and feel like it's not a good fit. Um, there was a company actually that I turned down that really, really wanted me. I worked with them in the past, but it kind of had like a little bit of falling out. There's a little bit of language barrier, especially with these Chinese companies. Um, and these, they're ruthless. They're pretty ruthless. They want so much from you and give you little in return. So like, don't get walked over. You know, there's so many companies that are going to try to take advantage of you as well. Know your worth. And uh, again, just try to have fun with it. That's what really what it's all about. That's how you're only going to survive is if you're having fun with it. Um, network. Network with other content creators. Start networking with content creators that are around your size, maybe a little bit bigger than you. If you're reaching out, if you're just starting out and you're reaching out to people who have hundreds of thousands of followers, you might not get a response. Don't get beat up about it. You know, it's a large community. Um, just collab with with people around your age, around your age, around your uh, around your channel size, and then um, you guys will kind of naturally motivate each other and lift each other up. Um, I don't know. That's that's kind of the the best freestyle advice I can give you guys off the bat. So. Awesome. I really, 
I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. Uh, I know you only have about an hour today, so we'll, we'll wrap things up. Um, I want to make sure that you get a chance to tell everybody all the different ways that they can find your content. Uh, I will have the links up here in a second. Um, there we go. Now it's um, you guys can find him at Mr. Grow It, Mr. Grow It on Instagram. You can check out his YouTube channel in Mr. Grow It. Uh, he's also over at Garden Talk with Mr. Grow It. Uh, and from the stash, you can find all of his books over on Mr. Grow It, uh, the, the author over on Amazon, uh, and get them delivered right to you. Um, did I miss anything on that? Well, MrGrowIt.com. I have a website there. also have uh, Stash Blend. Uh, if you're looking for an additive, it's a 215 additive. Also has um, some mycorrhizal fungi in it, uh, beneficial bacteria, silica, humic acid. So, um, yeah, additive that I helped formulate with uh, George Murray, who was a lead scientist on it, we partnered with Grower's House, and also Rob and, and Pigeons uh, from, from the stash. We all kind of got together and have been testing and using this product for uh, – coming up on two years now it's kind of crazy uh, but it was just released last summer so that's pretty much it yeah and then sign up to the email list if uh, my website is showing it on there on the very bottom there if you sign up there uh, i'm have an email list going that I'm, I'm trying to get better and better and better at a weekly email list with uh, updated information you know content i'm doing cool products that i i think are cool that are new that you might not be aware of um yeah, the email list is is going strong. I now have my fiance working with me, so I'm able to do some of the things that I've been wanting to do for many years. And one of those things is an email list, and so on weekly newsletter. Sign up to that. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me on, man. I really appreciate it. This is always a fun, chill time with you. I'd love to have you on Guard Talk again. Um, we could talk about whatever you want to talk about, anything except aquaponics. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun, man. It was so much, so fun last time, a lot of value. And uh, dude, you're a wealth of knowledge, man. Much respect to you and everything you're doing. Um, and best of luck to you as well, man. You, I know you're uh, you're in Thailand and stuff. That collapsed. Now you're back over here. And let me know if you need any help with the book and all that stuff. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. And thanks for the well wishes. And uh, yeah, just on a, a program note, uh, we just hit 15,000 subscribers. We're at hey. 1536 now. Um, it's, it is funny how like once you break like that 10,000 level, it really ramps up. I've noticed that like our, our subs per month has really, really, really gone up uh, since we hit about that 10K mark. And I've noticed you you kind of hit the same stride when you hit 100K. You really shot up pretty quickly uh, uh, in terms of uh, uh, before and after. So it's uh, it's always really cool to see that uh, that growth take off. But uh, yeah, thanks a lot for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, we're going to play our quick... Uh, a quick ad roll here before we end the show. Uh, just one moment. All right. If you're looking for more education on aquaponic cannabis, please consider the aquaponic cannabis masterclass at apmjclass.com featuring over seven days of in-depth hands-on educational content with Marty Waddell and Stephen Reisner as your guides through the aquaponic cannabis universe. We'll cover everything from construction of large commercial facilities, <laughs> home size systems, backyard systems, nutrients, pest control, diseases, everything you can think of, and uh, and so much more. So be sure to check that out at apmjclass.com. And if you're looking for aquaponic cannabis or living soil uh, pest control courses, please check out uh, thepestclass.com. We have a huge in-depth course on pest control, how to make your own um, bio controls, as well as in-depth guides and identification guides for a whole slew of different pests that you might encounter in your aquaponics garden. And it's not strictly just geared towards cannabis, uh, it's also geared towards vegetables as well. So be sure to check that out if it's something you think you might need to improve in your education. All right, everybody. and. Uh... Thanks a lot again, Mr. Grow It, for joining us. Uh, again, you guys can find him on Mr. Grow It and all the things. Uh, you can find this show on Ponics uh, or Growing With Fishes on all the platforms, including Rumble now. Uh, so uh, be sure to check that out. And uh, like he was saying, too, if you are a content creator, let's do us an audio format as well. Um, I know we get about 18 to 20 times the, the number of listeners of the audio episodes than we do with the video. So uh, definitely check us out on your favorite podcast platform as well. 
Uh, I know Google Podcast is about to end. They're transitioning to YouTube Music. So be sure, if you haven't already resubscribed to us on YouTube Music, that you do so soon because they're going to uh, to no longer have YouTube or uh, Google Podcasts available. So uh, if you haven't made the switch, be sure you migrate your subscriptions um, before that ends if you're listening on Android. All right, guys, thanks a lot. Uh, and uh, we'll catch you guys again. We'll be back next week with Alan Rockefeller talking to us about uh, mushroom genetics. It's going to be really cool. Thanks a lot, everybody.